Hey, if you've suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, make sure you call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. Free consultations are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Dial 713-322-HURT. That's 713-322-HURT. Or you can go to the website, DaspitLaw.com. Listen, they should build a stadium that, like the Dynamo Stadium. It should, that would be the perfect atmosphere for a rice when you, It's the trough still. Yeah. It's whiz troughs. Whiz troughs. Whiz troughs. Whiz troughs. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. Whiz troughs. I don't have any of that. <coughs> Welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. 780 3776 is the number if you want to get in here with us. Keith is here. Let's uh, start the hour with Keith. Hey, Keith. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. wanted to see if you guys saw the new trailer for Killers of the Flower Moon dropped yesterday. DiCaprio, De Niro, rising star Libby Gladstone. Takes place about 100 years ago. Um, oil industry. That's a Scorsese film. The trailer is like five minutes long. It looks absolutely incredible. Probably Scorsese's best film ever. Maybe DiCaprio going to win another best actor at the Oscars. What do you guys think? Are you guys in? You guys out? I, oh, I'm going to be in. But oh, I, are you kidding? I'm going to be in, but I did not see. Um, I did see the picture of the trailer. Like I saw something on. What was I on? I was on. Maybe it was HBO Max. Or I was. I was on something on streaming where I saw. Where I saw. No, no, no. I was on Twitter. It was trending on Twitter yesterday. That's what it was. Uh, but you, I have not you seen You had it. me at DiCaprio and Scorsese. I think it'll be DiCaprio's toughest role. He's going to have to make us believe he's attracted to a 37-year-old woman. Uh, that yeah, that's not Well, he made us think that he was uh, he, a bear did stuff with him. Not no, a bear stuff. Him. Mauled him, not stuff. Mauled him well, and scratched him. Yeah, I mean. Not stuff. He made us, he did, they did stuff. Okay. No, the bear nearly killed I know the bear nearly not did that. stuff. Did stuff. I mean, that was ugly. Hey, no, that's going to be great. Are you kidding me? De Niro? De Niro's kind of mailed it in, but he, this is a... Maybe Maybe De Niro will do a little something different maybe, this time. Maybe he'll try. You never know. You never know. I don't know. The moon. The, what is it called? The moon, the river. Killers of the flower moon. I know this much. I know this much. You are not doing what you're supposed to do. And you need to go back to your wife. You need to go back to your bride. You got to go back. You are not serious people. You got to go back Does to your bride. Does he ever say that? I'm not well, saying you got to go back now, movie. but you got to go back. You got to go back. He'll just start That's using not lines. Him. From, That's for Goodfellas. That's Paulie. He's going to start using lines for Goodfellas. He's heard. Yeah. I'm not saying you got to go back now, but you got to go back. Wait, but that wasn't even his line in the movie. Listen, I know. He's just going to start <laughs> using lines from his other line? movies. Yeah. Oh. It's going to be great. You're going to take it to dinner. It's going to be beautiful. Like, wait. <laughs> That's when? Polly's line from Goodfellas. What is De Niro mailing it in? He's just literally using old lines from movies. Mm. Maybe. Uh seven oh three seven eight oh three sevens. Yes, I'm all in. I mean, yeah, that's the kind that's what that gets me excited. That kind of movie. Let's go. Uh Lamont is you here. Sure? What's up, Lamont? There are no wizards in it. How are you gonna get yeah, excited? Are you sure you're oh, excited no. about this? Are you this? kidding? De Niro and No hobbits, you don't no, need that. no you wizards. Don't need, you don't need dragons for that. You don't need no dragons for that. What's up, Lamont? 
Hey, what's the deal, Virgins? Uh, say, man, is it? Po- I-, I never thought it was possible to have to have bulletin board material uh, uh, across sports. And what I mean by that, Baker freaking Mayfield. Not, I-, I already don't like this guy, but I don't know if you guys heard uh, about the shot that he took at the Astros, uh, 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 basically cheating and stuff. Wait. I want. Well, wait a minute. Here it is. Eight. Here, here, here it is, Lamont. For everybody who didn't hear it. I know I'm in Tampa, but I'm a Texas Rangers fan, not a Houston Astros fan, so we're not going to condone that. They were talking about stealing the signs of the, the plays going into, and we're I'm not I'm not a, I'm not an Astros fan. I'm a Rangers fan, so we don't do that. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. So, 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 uh, of course the Astros can't get to him, but Week Eight, I, I, I want the, the Texans offensive or uh, defensive line to tear his ass up. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, well, it's already 8 o'clock. But I want them to tear him up, man, because he's a prick. And that's all I got. Who was that? Who Baker said that? Mayfield. That was Baker? Yeah. Yeah. I know, I'm not an asset. We don't steal science. I'm a Rangers fan. <laughs> Shut up. Well, I think that was the media laughing. Yeah, it was the media laughing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's just because, I mean, the media sucks. That oh, it, it, Any kind of a line they got to. That was great, Baker. <laughs> Something about the Astros. I'm going to watch Frontline. Are you watching Frontline? Frontline, what's that? Mm. Well, it's a, going to be a 57-minute piece, so it's not very fleshed out that's going to talk about the Astros sign stealing in 2017. Mm. Cause <laughs> yeah, because Ben Reader is like, I wasn't going to, but now I'm going to watch it. Mm. Hey, listen, also, and by the way, this is true. Did you see what was on the front page of ESPN yesterday? No. Front page of ESPN. You want to talk about how times have changed. ESPN had a huge piece. This is the most long-form piece I think I've ever seen them do. If you, I'm going to see if it's still on the front page somewhere. It was about. It was a long-form investigative journalism piece on steroids and the guy who really cranked up steroid. One of the guys who really not not. Oh, not, is this the, uh, the A-Rod Balco. thing? Well, well, they had eight different stories. Melky Cabrera, A-Rod. Uh, the big show, um, LeBron James's friend, something Mims, who's tight with Alexander. Uh, Apparently. Like, they basically had to say, we're not saying LeBron used steroids. They had this whole thing. But but LeBron's good friend was getting steroids and stuff like that from uh, a trainer who was involved heavily in this. And so they wrote this whole big, it was a whole big, long, it, it was one article. You clicked it, and it took you to a separate page. Like, you clicked on this quote-unquote article, and it took you to like seven or eight other articles that had been written. This thing must have taken like a year to compile. And all I could think of was, this isn't going to get near the engagement that they think it's going to no. get. Because it, people don't care about steroids anymore. Well, I don't think that, well, I think that even, listen, there are, there, now there's multiple accusations about LeBron or ties to LeBron and steroids and everybody's backing off. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. We gotta, before we, gotta, we say there's multiple, well, you mean Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen and this. And this, right. That's multiple. That's two. But this said, this came out and said he is in no way tied oh, yeah, to steroids. Because, they said that. Yeah. Because it could just be one guy who's kind of an out-of-shape guy. Like, it's not crazy for, for to hear stories about men who, you know, get their hands on performance enhancing because they want to, you know, they want to build muscle or get lean or get in shape. Or I'm just going to say this. If you put a gun to my head, and this is not being accusatory, but if, if, you, if I knew that my life was on the line and the lives of my family, for example, or if you gave me a coin as a coin boy and you said if you flipped 
we, no, I don't want to flip a coin. I want to give an answer. And you said, okay, if you get this right, you win $1 million. Okay. Has LeBron James yes. ever used and performance yes. enhancing drugs? I would say yes, and here's why. Because I think it's because he is a freak when it comes to his competitive nature. He is a highly competitive guy. Look at other guys who've been accused of stuff or, or found to have used stuff in, in professional. You know, I think Tiger has used. Yes, I think Tiger has used. I believe that Roger used. I believe you know. I believe a lot. Many of these guys used. We saw how many have is. used. Many of because I think they want to win so badly and they want to be the best they can be, and they're so competitive that they're willing to get an advantage. For LeBron to play at this level, which is an extraordinary level, and I don't think it's performance from a standpoint of, like, baseball, baseball it can make you hit it further. It can sharpen eyesight. Uh, you can throw faster. There's a lot of things that give you advantages where you turn into a player that you're not supposed to be. We know that for baseball. We've seen that happen with players. I believe LeBron may use something, may use a little something to help with recovery, with maintaining lean, ma- mm-hmm. you know, maintaining his muscle mass as he gets older, but primarily the recovery stuff and things like that. I don't think it's that crazy to think that veteran players, when they get older, may try to use something to 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 maintain an edge or to just stay, try to stay at a level where they once were. I don't think it's crazy. That's why I don't think I'm not accusing LeBron of doing it. But I'm saying if I had to bet one million dollars on it in the life of you know of myself, I would say yeah, he's probably. He's probably dabbled. I think a lot of athletes that we don't want to think about have dabbled, have absolutely. I think there's plenty of Hall of Famers right now. I know some Hall of Famers who have used steroids and other guys will be kept out because they got caught using steroids or, you know, there's enough evidence that they use steroids. Yeah, I think there have been some basketball players used. I remember when Daryl Hamilton, rest his soul, when he told us, why do you guys never talk about pitchers using? You know, Daryl knew yeah. that Barry Bonds used. Daryl told us. Uh, you know, behind the scenes, what, you know, what he used to do. I mean, and he's like, why do y'all never think pitchers use? Why do you, we're like, come on, D-Ham, this is a bulk you up and get real big and strong. But there's different types of steroids, by the way. You you mean to tell me in your personal opinion, when you watch what Kevin Brown did, when Kevin Brown was pitching on three days rest and just as dominant on, with three days rest, Kevin Brown did things for a stretch of baseball that was unheard of. Yeah. That was unheard of out of nowhere. You know, it's just there's certain things that, that in baseball you get advantages, but I think there have been a lot of people using steroids that we really don't we don't want to know about or we'd never think about. And it's not always for the most some of it may just be recovery based stuff. Yep. It just may be I just want to be able to play longer. It's your boy Tommy. Could Tommy have used? Tommy could have used something some performance enhancing. It doesn't have to be about being powerful and you know, you hitting a ball. About? Tommy would never cheat at anything. Okay, I don't, you, Tommy you, would never you're, be you're, involved with cheating. You're just being ridiculous. Tom Brady would never be no. involved with a situation where no. there was cheating never, going on. Never go. Never be. Never. Involved. Maybe Belichick, but not him. Not Brady. I could see that. Uh seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Josh Pate joins the bottom of the hour after a big, big weekend for Texas. Not so much for the Ags or the Cougs. We will talk to him about all of that stuff. He is our college football guy. Uh, and Five Star is going to give us winners at the at, at 930 right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You know who's the winner? Mark Klein. Mark Klein's with us right now. Hey, Marky Mark. Hey, good morning, guys. Let's talk about, uh, how about how about diamonds right now and how much 
more inexpensive they are right now than ever. Yeah, you know, it's hard. You know, diamonds are the best best thing that you can do as far as you know, special occasion, whether it's diamond pendants, diamond earrings, diamond bracelets, whatever it is. But come to Klein's Jewelry. If you get a chance and you're looking for a diamond, whether it's, it is diamond earrings, again, diamond pendant, you want something custom made, she wants a certain ring made, she wants a certain you know, pendant made, she's seen a picture, you've got to give me a call. We do all of our custom work right there in the store. We've been doing it since 1969. John, I've been with you since 1995 or whatever it was. But anything that you want in jewelry, don't go to the mall and don't go to some half-price sale. Come to Klein's Jewelry. It's the best place in the city of Houston. We have lab-grown diamonds as well as natural-grown diamonds. Now, lab-grown diamonds cost a fraction of the cost, and it's something new in the industry, so we have those in stock. And whether you want, like I said, diamond earrings, diamond pendant, diamond bracelet, loose diamonds, whatever it is, we have it, and it's better price than anywhere else in the city. I have two locations now. I used to have one. I have two, and uh, one is at Woodway in Augusta, and one is at West Timer and Fountain View. And you can also look on KleinsJewelry.com. But if you really want to know the question to your, uh, answer your question, you give, give me a text, uh, 832-316-1388. That's 832-316-1388. And I will answer your question over the phone, and I will quote you prices over the phone to prove that my prices are better than anywhere else. They always are, always have been. KleinsJewelry.com. That's KleinsJewelry.com. Thanks, Mark. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sweet Sassy Molassie. Sweet Sassy Molassie. Get out the checkbook and pay Grandma for the rubdown as the Spurs beat the Heat. That's dope. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the number if you'd like to hang with us. Did you see the new NBA rules about participation? If you, now you can get ret, written permission to rest guys like LeBron, Steph, uh, Kevin Durant, because they've played in so many games. You have to have so many games that you can play in, but you can rest those guys in back-to-back games, in back-to-back situations. But if you rest two stars, you're going to be fined. You are going to be, and if you are resting them without injury, if you if you rest them too much. Do we have to determine, is there going to have to be a tier created for quote-unquote stars? There is a star. Yes, I don't. The de- definition of star is difficult to put on. Two per team. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. They didn't clarify well, how they, that would work. They have. If you have made, I think it's an All Star game or an All NBA team in the previous three years, you're considered a star. What about? What about up-and-comers game, the uh, future No, game? that doesn't count. Do we count? Does that no. count? If, so, for, we're not gonna for example, the Rockets don't guys. have any. Has Fred Van Fleet made an All-Star game last three years? Zero chance. I think he well, might have been Fleet? Yes, he was in the so, All-Star I think game. Van Rock- Fleet was an All-Star? Yeah. Yes. Are you sure? I believe so. Are you sure he wasn't no. just in a three-point shootout? No, then he would I'm never be a part of that. Was he in a skills contest where he dribbles and throws it into a... No, I believe he has made an all-star. Fred Van Fleet made an all-star team? Maybe not. 
Uh, first all-star appearance in 21-22. Yeah, so he would be considered a star yeah. in the new rules. Yeah. But the Rockets would only have the one. one. I think we're good. I don't really have to worry about resting Fred Van Vliet. Uh, well, no, but, well, yeah, you might have to worry about it. It defines start at 100,000, then go to 250 and go up, continue up it's two. to a million. You can't have two. Who's the other star? Yeah, you can rest Fred. You couldn't rest the other one. At the same time, well, well no, 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 other? no, but you, you can't rest Fred too much either. That's well, that's true. Yeah, you can. You got a limited Fred number. Ain't of, get re- we ain't resting now. No, this isn't Stephen. Well, not Silas us. Where, I'm, not, I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about the stars in the league. Yeah, the stars in the league. Yeah. Good. You mean guys play? Play. Right. This should not be some revolutionary new concept for the NBA. They're having to step in because players aren't playing. Do you understand how mm-hmm. asinine this is? I understand the concept of resting LeBron James or a back-to-back with guys who have knee injuries or whatever, things like that, that they're coming back from. That totally makes sense. You know, Steph Curry, I get that. But when you're resting guys who are in their 20s or you're trying to, the load management comes with your minutes played. It shouldn't come with not even playing at all. What about LeBron, though? It's an interesting situation. Um, It's an interesting, he's played 45, 56, and 55 regular season games the last three years. He's had a foot injury. A major foot injury. And if you feel like, hey, I got to rest him in back-to-back games here, um, you know, then then you're really risking. And they want, to, they want to separate resting at home and separate resting on the road, too. But there's too. a difference between rest and injury. If well, somebody's get dealing with well, a- but, but but okay, LeBron is an older player. He gets he does get special consideration because of he how should. much he's played. He should. Yeah, he should. He absolutely should. And because of the injuries to his foot, if if they feel like we're playing four games this week and I got to rest him too, you know, there's a possibility that the Lakers are going to be fine for this. Well, but I, I feel like maybe this is the best the best for LeBron. You put James. him on the injured list. Yeah, you. you have to do. And then I don't know how long that lasts. And then you say Anthony Davis, you're going to play because we. Well, can't I don't have want to put him on the injured Anthony list, Davis, but I want him to. to no, no, to, no. You know. When I say you have to put him on injury report, I, sh- I should uh, say. Yeah. You just have to say he's dealing with it, 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 it because if you are dealing with an issue, the NBA can't demand yeah, you play. It can't be. And DNP this is what rest. the workaround is going to be: is you're going to see the injury. Reports go sky high. Yeah, and they have to, I'm sure the NBA will have to get in there and make sure. You, it can't be DNP rest. That's that's the what they're t- trying to fight. And Don't you just want to play? Like, I don't know. Don't you want to play? Well, don't we you like playing? Well, yeah, I think they like playing. It's just. Do you think everyone likes playing? Not everyone, but I think most NBA players like to play Zion basketball. you think Zion likes playing? Well, I think Zion likes playing basketball. I, I do think he likes playing basketball. I don't know what's going on here with Zion. I think that he's subconscious about the weight and stuff like that. You, I think, do you think he Ben likes, Simmons likes to play. I don't know about Ben Simmons. If I'm, if I'm going by his off-season videos, he loves to play basketball. Ben, I think he likes pick. I, do I think he likes just? Do I think he likes playing basketball? Yes. Does he like to play basketball in the NBA with everything that goes with it? I'm honestly, you know, if the, if 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 ever, you know how you test if everyone loves basketball, cut salaries in half. Yeah. And say, now do you love do you want to play? Do you still want to play? And that would be, for some guys, it would be absolutely. All right, we got Josh Pate joining us. We're talking college football on the other side, so we got to hit the break. Let's uh, talk a little underdog fantasy. So underdog fantasy allows you to uh, to play on the you know the daily circuit. You can play your your Thursday night game tonight, for example. You can go to underdog fantasy and get started tonight. You got baseball that you could be playing as well, and the baseball game is really really fun as well where you draft baseball players. But I think the one that's even more fun for me is the pick 'em. 
And the Pick'em tab, you can find it at the bottom. It's second to the right over, at least I'm thinking on my on my mobile app. Uh, you can download that app. And when you go to Pick'em, you click that tab, it's going to have a variety of games with a variety of players in each game. And you're going to have higher or you're going to have statistics for that particular player, be it Jalen Hurts or Devontae Smith's catches, or maybe you're you know, you're going to see Kirk Cousins passing yards. And you can decide, is it going to be higher or lower than the number they have out there? And look, use your sports intelligence. What's the matchups look like? Um, what do you expect it to happen? You can really get in there and assess the numbers and break it down and use your intelligence, your sports intelligence, to earn real money. It's completely legal in the state of Texas, completely legal, and it's real money. And when you pick two to five, you have to pick between two and five on the pick em challenge that I'm talking about, individual you know, players and higher or lower on their stats, you could win anywhere from three to one to 20 to one on your original play. It's underdogfantasy.com. That's underdogfantasy.com. Call 800 gambling if you have a problem or visit the website ncpgambling.org. You must be 18 or older and present in the state where Underdog Fantasy operates. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter patter. Well, pitter patter. Let's get at her. Join the self-employment revolution and keep what you earn on selflist.com. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, let's go. Josh Pate joining us right now at Late Kick Josh on Twitter. A must-follow. College football is here, and boy, it's in full swing. And We had a couple of outcomes last week that were a little bit surprising, and one of them was Texas going to Alabama and winning that game. Josh, uh, Texas sure did look good, and now there's a lot of questions about Alabama. Where do you... Where do you? Where is Alabama in your mind right now? Who um, searching? I guess, and that's not normally something we say about them. Uh, but you listen to Nick Saban talk after that game, and I'm talking not immediately post game, but later and this week, and he's kind of said the same thing. Uh, he harkens back to a couple of teams in his past. One of them ended up winning the title, and he said, "Hey, we lost early that year. Needed to find an identity. We found it on the fly, and voila." Um. I feel like that's where this team is. Now, here's the difference. We've seen them in really one game, one big game. And so you never know, as, as someone who's just watching from the outside, you never know if, if they have that ready-made identity just kind of sitting there in the bucket and they got away from it in their game plan, their offensive game plan. I, I think from the common perspective, myself included, a lot of people watched that and said, that doesn't really seem like they're putting Jalen Milrow in the best position to succeed. Texas has got a lot to do with that, though. So I'll be interested. Like, they play South Florida this week. It's a really weird game. They're going to South Florida, by the way, which I don't remember seeing in a long time. And I'll be interested to see, even though they're favored by 30, how they go about it this week. I'll be, I'll be interested to see what they do with the quarterback rotation or if there is one. I'll be interested to see how that offensive line responds because to me that was the most disappointing unit on the field. And it may just be that people like myself expected too much of that position group too soon. I just, I think they have sky high potential. Uh, it's all world talent across the board. I watch teams with lesser talent in that position room get more out of it. So I just blindly expected it from Alabama, but. You know, defense late got burned a few times. I thought they played 
incredibly um, fast. I thought they played well. I thought they tackled a lot better than they did last year. So there's still some. There's still a lot to like about Alabama. It's just that they felt a little more wobbly out of the gate than I thought they'd be. That was, you know, it's this is the first time, and I and I keep up with draft stuff. Obviously, Josh, this is the first time that I ever remember, and I texted this during the game where Texas was anywhere even remotely in the same ballpark as Alabama along the trenches and at the skill positions, you know, on the outside. But it, it's true. Like, I think I think Texas is more impactful in the trenches this year on both sides than Alabama. They're going to have Jeff Banks is going to be a first-round pick. They have speed off the edge, which has been something sorely missing from Texas. True, bendy speed. And they've got some penetration up the middle with Byron Murphy. I mean – I think winning in the trenches is what's been critical for Georgia and Alabama on their long runs and, and frankly, Ohio State for, you know, what they've done for a long time. Finally, Texas appears to have that element maybe worked out. Yeah, this is the long and short of the conversation that's happened around Texas over the past, really over the past 10 years. Uh, I've, I've spoken to you guys about this a number of times, so I'm not going to go completely down the road, but the old common refrain from everybody who viewed the sport from 50,000 feet was, well, Texas is loaded. I know they are because I see their recruiting rankings. They're always in the top ten, which was true, but it was deceiving because of where the talent was. They weren't recruiting and developing along the lines of scrimmage. They had some good DBs sometimes. They had some good wide receivers sometimes, but it wasn't a football team. And so coaches would come in there, and they would lose, and everyone would say, well, that's an indictment on the coach because, look, they're loaded everywhere. Well, it may have been an indictment on the coach, but it wasn't because they were loaded everywhere, and now they are, and they've recruited and developed inside out. And also, you know, I look at Sark, and I was talking to a couple of people that, that are over on the NFL side of things that kind of just observe them, and I, I, I keep on hearing the word organization thrown around instead of team, and it's really apropos. Well, that's kind of how he's built it. He's modeled it a lot after what he saw at Alabama. And he has built an organization, and that's an army of people behind the scenes that you never see. That is a philosophy over just gearing up year to year. And it's just now starting to show off. I, I thought it started to permeate a little bit last year. It's just the results on the field didn't show it. The win-loss record didn't show it. But this is not any kind of flash-in-the-pan thing. It's nothing like that. They'll be in this conversation every year moving forward because they'll have the personnel to do it. Josh Pate with us here, talking college football on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I, I, I don't know, with as many good teams as we have in college football, how we could have a crappy week like this. There's really, it's 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 unbel- unbelievable to me. Tennessee and Florida is probably the best marquee game this week? I think, uh, number one, I think we won't have to worry about this moving forward uh, because people won't be terrified to schedule bigger out-of-conference games. Uh, number two, I think there are some good ones. They're just not marquee names. Like LSU-Mississippi State has a chance to be the game of the weekend. You mentioned Florida-Tennessee. I'm going to Missouri for Kansas State-Missouri. I'm intrigued by that one. I'll tell you what else is way off the radar for good reason. Washington plays Michigan State this weekend. And here's what I'm always interested in. Anytime there's a coach that's suspended, I always want to see how his team plays the next weekend. Sometimes you get an inspired effort. Sometimes that's because guys are playing for the coach. Other times it's because guys didn't really care for the coach and they want to make a point that they can be great without him. Either way, that's about a 16-point spread. It's not on anyone's radar. And I just kind of of want to see how that plays out. So 
Yeah, we do have some games, but I'm not beating around the bush. I'm readily acknowledging it's pretty inexcusable to have a week like this. Now, I'm going to be glued in, but I'd be glued in watching a spring practice. So I'm not the audience here. The more casual audience to take or leave a weekend like this, and we never should be saying that in week three or any week, really, of college football. Yep. Josh Payton with us here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I don't know if you paid any attention to the University of Houston here. That was a rough week last week, but they got TCU now. TCU got a little bit better defensively, but they didn't play anybody. Uh, TCU is seven-and-a-half-point favorite coming in here in the Cougs' first-ever Big 12 game. What do you think about this game? I th- Look, I was a little taken aback by that result last week, and I was at the Bama-Texas game, so I'm – Throughout the day, I'm kind of just seeing scores. I'm not watching Rice-Houston, but I thought to myself, is that, is that about to happen? Okay, I guess that's about to happen. There's, Look, there's always something to watch. Like when you get put on a bigger stage, uh, TCU did this. Speaking of TCU back in the day with Gary Patterson, they got put on the bigger Power 5 stage, and slowly they adjusted. Uh, Utah with Whittingham, they adjusted, and they were good. So the same guy, it turned out, was the guy for the job moving forward. Well, Houston is now on a bigger stage. And I wonder, not, not putting anyone on the hot seat, I hate talking about that anyway, but I wonder if right now Dana is the guy that three or four years from now we're still seeing at Houston. And I don't want to... I don't want to ever put like make or break labels on games in week three. And I'm not saying this weekend is, I am saying you start bottling up a ton of negative energy. When you lose a game like you did last week, if you want to twist the cap off of it, have a poor showing against TCU. I'm not talking about losing. If you lose 27, 24, that's competitive. That's either way, blah, blah, blah. You know, but if it's 35, 14 in the fourth quarter, then all of a sudden people start saying things like, well, it's not going to get any easier moving forward. Hey, we're playing a big boy schedule now. This isn't good enough. What was good enough isn't good enough anymore. And that's, that's kind of happening up at West Virginia right now. Uh, that's, I think, kind of happening at Houston right now. So it's not on the national radar. I'd, I would lean TCU in that game, by the way. And if that does happen and it's a wider margin, maybe then that spread indicates it uh, won't be a comfortable week down there. What did you think about uh... – Shador Sanders in Colorado. The first half I'm watching, I'm like, man, this is a whole different deal now playing against Nebraska's defense. And they really, I thought they really struggled against Nebraska, but really found themselves, of course, Jeff Sims's mistakes. And, and frankly, Nebraska's poor offense helped out the situation. But I thought in what could have been a little bit of a letdown, um, they really showed up the second half, the second half of the game. Yeah, they did. And look, the way I saw it is, you keep giving folks opportunities and you keep giving them chops and eventually they're going to knock the tree down. And that's what Nebraska did. I think they were minus four turnovers and it was, they came early too. So I, I watched the same game you did and I thought, Oh wow, someone threw the crowbar in the bicycle spokes here. Well, here's the thing. If you throw a crowbar in the bicycle spokes, the guy does fly over the handle and, and face plant on the ground. But if you give him time to get up, dust himself off, get back on the bike and start pedaling again like Nebraska did to Colorado, that bike's still going to go, and you still could score, and you still could pull away. And that's exactly what happened. Here's what I have grown tired of. I love the Colorado story. It's the best story in college football right now. I wouldn't argue if someone said that. But we got to acknowledge, like, there's, there's, this, there's this cult-like following around Dion and Colorado 
that will take anything you say about what's happening and turn it into disrespect or hate. Yeah. I'll give you an example. I said in week one, Shadur Sanders played out of his mind and Colorado beat TCU. To me, that's a compliment. And I got 47 folks in my comment section saying, no, he just played out of your mind. That's the way he's always played. First <laughs> off, these people never watched him at Jackson State. Secondly, if you really want to tell me what I got from that kid in week one against TCU, it's what I'm going to get 12 weeks this season. Be my guest and be that dumb. Like, it's okay to acknowledge they're playing well above their heads right now. It probably will calibrate itself eventually this year, but it's okay to just enjoy the ride. We don't have to be confrontational about all this. Josh Payne with us here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We were looking at it, and the odds are the odds are that they finish sixth or seventh in the in the Pac-12. And it's ironic how good the Pac-12 is this year. It's really really good, but but they're going to be an underdog in 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 a few games. Um, and I think a sixth or seventh place finish after where they were last year is still going to be great for Dion. Oh, it's insane. Uh, the only thing they'll suffer from this year is what I call the recalibration of expectation. Uh, it happened to LSU last year, and it happened to Michigan State a couple of years ago. That's when you're not expected to do anything in the preseason. And then all of a sudden you start overachieving, and the same people who said you wouldn't accomplish anything never admit they were wrong. Instead, what they do is they recalibrate their expectations. So they bump their expected win total for you up a few games, and they bump it just a little bit too high. And when you don't achieve that number, then they still call you a failure, which, of course, is insane. But that will happen with Dion. Someone out there said he won't win four games this year. And when they win six games, that same person will say, yeah, he barely made a bowl. Let's, not, let's settle down. Let's not crown this guy. That'll happen all over the country. I can't control that. What I can say is it's been really impressive, and I think it's going to put heat on a lot of other coaches, uh, a lot of other coaches that have sold their administration on the fact that I need time, patience, 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 and then all of a sudden they're going to look at Dion and say, well, hey, that guy <laughs> did it in Boulder, Colorado. Why do we need to give you three years? And it's, it's irrational, but I think that will probably end up being the case for more than a few coaches around the country as a result of what Dion's doing. i tell you what would, would surprise some people. Like my dad, who is in his 70s, former Marine, fought in Vietnam, offensive line coach. I mean, just as salty as it would come. I had a great sense of humor. And a Jake Myers hater uh, with the with the Astros, but um, he likes Dion. He really, you know, and he's kind of an old school guy when it comes to all this stuff. But he knows that behind all the, my dad talked to somebody. Oh, he talked to Tim Brewster, who's on Dion's staff, and my dad and Brewster have been friends for a long time. And Brewster told him, you know what, this Dion stuff, the prime, the coach prime stuff. He goes, that's really a character. I mean, Dion can get in character whenever he needs to. But when they're behind the scenes, when it's not in front of a camera, and when it's coaches talking to other coaches, Deion Sanders has the sensibilities of a guy who is an old-school coach. And if you've ever listened to him talk, you can find that. You yep. can hear that. So I think that's one of the interesting elements is he's understood. he understands there's his character, Coach Prime, but everything he does is with the, with the heart and the hammer of an old-school coach. I was listening to Jim Ross, of all people, who was a longtime wrestling broadcaster in WWE slash F. In Oklahoma, and he covered man. the Falcons. So, he, yes, exactly. He covered the Falcons in the early 90s. And uh, that's when Dion was there. <clears throat> and Jim Ross said it was so crazy dealing with Dion because he would call himself primetime, primetime. And 
he would say, I'd walk up to him and I'd say, hey, Dion, can I get you for an interview at 3 o'clock? And the guy would say, well, Dion's not available at 3, but primetime may be available. And so he would do the third person thing. And Jim Ross said years later, that's how we convinced Dwayne Johnson to call himself The Rock and refer to himself in third person as The Rock. And it's the same thing with Dwayne Johnson. We're watching him blow up in Hollywood now. The Rock is a persona. Dwayne Johnson's a guy who grinds and grinds and grinds. Dion's the exact same way. You're right about that. Anyone who's been around him tells you that. Like, you're not sitting in a coaching meeting calling him Coach Prime. It's Coach Sanders, it's Dion, and we're at work. But when the camera's on, that dude just understands marketing and understood it a generation ahead of everyone else. He's always been ahead of the curve on that stuff. It's an X factor. It's an intangible very few people possess because it's God-given, but he has it. Um, he credits where it came from properly, and he uses it. I, I'm not mad at it either. Quickly before you go, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Texas, top four teams in the AP. Agree? I've got Georgia, Texas, Florida State. Um, I think I had Ohio. Look, I would still uh, lean Ohio State over Michigan, but that game happens a long way from now. So I lean them when the game happens, but it's splitting hairs. So I'm fine with that order. Yeah. Yeah, those are, well, USC, Ohio State, Penn State, Washington, the next. And uh, that's a pretty good list right now. Texas, they belong up there. I don't think there's any question. Josh Pate, at Josh Pate, at Late Kick Josh on Twitter and must follow. We appreciate you, as always, the Late Kick with Josh Pate. It's brought to you by Damaris Barbecue every week right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Josh, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it, guys. All right, and Damaris is where you can get your college football on, people. I'm telling you, it is a great place to go watch your college football games, great great place to go get your uh, pro football games on. It doesn't matter what games there are, you're going to see it there. You're, while you're watching, you've got four TVs right there in the bar. You can watch your Astros while you're watching your Texans, while you're watching all, all the, the other games as well. So you're looking for a great place to get your games on. And the food, uh, as always, is Damaris. And you know what else they have? Coors. They have Coors Light. I know they have Coors Light. Been there. Drank Coors Lights there. A lot of Coors Lights there. I, it is one of my favorite places to drink Coors Light. We did a, an event there. And the peep showed up and gave away free Coors Lights, and it was awesome. And here's the deal. is this is It doesn't matter where you are. You don't have to go to Damaris to get Coors Lights. You get Coors Lights all over, and especially in your house. Let's go. Fill that, fill that fridge up so when your boys come over, you always got a cold, clean, crisp, refreshing Coors Light for them. You got the Blue Mountains out there. You're going to love Coors Light if you haven't tried it before. Come join us one time when we're giving away free Coors Lights. We've already given away. We're about 400. We're almost halfway to it, and we're only in the second week of the season. So we got a lot more events coming up, but you need to start on your own. Keep in Texas chill. Cold, clean, crisp, refreshing Coors Light. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, home of Odin Finch. Odin Finch. I'm Odin Finch. back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. John and Lance with you here 
713-780-3776. Why aren't you talking Texans today? I have been talking to we we played a bunch more. of D'Amico. We that was played one segment. CJ. That was one segment. We talked about Are you not excited now after one game where you knew they were gonna get beat? This is a this is a this is a great chance to get a win. Get to one and one. It is. It is a great chance. I think they win. I think they win. I think they win too. I think D'Amico's gonna and he had a lot of different looks for Lamar. And and he they didn't do a bad job at all against Lamar. No, I don't. This think, is Lamar two I don't think Anthony Richardson is ready for this. Now, no. you got to now he only ran for forty yards. He actually they only ran him on design runs. They only ran him a few times. I thought they were going to run him design runs maybe more, but now that he's banged up, it could be even less. So I'm kind of I'm kind of curious how they. Uh, honestly, I'm kind of curious how the the Colts attack the Texans offensively. The Colts' best chance to win games is Anthony Richardson running the ball some. Yep. I mean, they don't have Jonathan Taylor. They need him to be a factor running the ball on outside, you know, on 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 outside of contain, being able to run with the football on passing plays and probably on design runs as well. I'm sure the Texans will be prepared, you know, for that. I'm sure they will look at that very very closely. the The Colts have a speedy vertical guy. In um, Alec Pierce. Hey, what happened with KJ Hamler? Why was Hamler cut? Like, what? What's the deal with Hamler in uh, in Denver? Why is Why is he not on the team anymore? What was the reason for that? Do why, you remember why? why? KJ Hamler. Uh, I don't know that. Yeah, he is. He is. He visited the Colts, and he is a fast, fast guy. I'm trying to remember if I saw why he was ever not on the team. Uh, was there an injury or did he do something where he got in trouble? I'm, because he was just drafted. He was a second-round pick, and he showed some real promise. And I'm trying to remember I'm trying to remember why he got cut or why he wasn't on the team. I'll try to look it up to see if I can recall. But he is he's a guy that could end up playing a big part for the, the Colts because he is – oh, okay, here it, here it is. The Broncos wave handler with non-football illness designation after he was diagnosed with uh, pericarditis, a heart irritation at the time. Now, that has been one of those things that there have there has been some, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but there has been some issues with that in terms of um, uh, pericarditis in terms of the, uh, the vaccine, Yeah, as a matter of fact. But that's one of the side effects for some people. At the time, Coach Sean Payton said Hamler would need about a month to treat it and then another couple weeks to get back on the field. We're now going on a month and two weeks since the cut, and Hamler made his first visit with the Colts. So he's only 24. He had a hamstring injury. Or no, he had – I can't remember. He had an injury last year, but he had 42 catches for 620 yards and three touchdowns in three seasons for Denver. But he doesn't have great hands, but he has really good speed. So that would be a good get for them. Our guy, Tank Dell – John Mechie is back this week. We'll see if he suits out. Uh, Robert Woods, of course, was a little better than we expected. Nico Collins is a factor. Uh, we know that Noah Brown is going to be out. with. Uh, he's on the injured reserve. So Tank Dell should get many more looks. This is not a great Colts secondary. I think there's a chance that Tank has his coming out party this week. I would love to see that. I would love to see Tim. He looked at 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 Robert Woods and Nico a lot more than I thought he would. A lot more than I thought he would. 
Uh, I would love to see Tank maybe maybe a couple of explosive plays this week, and that'll scare the bejesus out of the rest of the league. If I mean the Texans scare the, the rest of the league anyway, right? So if you you should be really scared of the really Texans. scared if Tank breaks open a couple of big plays, he's got that big play capability. If Tank breaks a couple open, what? Now now you got to keep somebody back. Now it opens up for Damian Pierce. Now you gotta you can't be putting the pressure on CJ Stroud. I'd take some shots down the field. Absolutely. For sure. You gotta back off. Uh, I'm joking a little bit. I'm I'm not really. That would be Yeah, you know it you would know, really I help. Th- Nico Collins is a guy who I know you look at him as a big guy, you think he's a ball winner. Nico's actually a vertical threat. Nico is actually a guy who has good build up speed where his second basically his second twenty yards is is shows real acceleration. So Nico Collins is a guy who can go win some some catches down the field. I think you challenge the Colts down the field with Nico Collins, and then you you get you know you try to open some things up with Tank in terms of some choice routes, and the I you face a tough Colts defensive front. You do face a tough defensive front. Shaq Leonard is back. DeForest Buckner is really tough. Grover um, Alexander is a, is a good player. They've got. Samson Ekubon, who can get after the quarterback. I mean, the Colts have some talent on their defensive front, but if you back their safeties off, you got a chance to run the ball. And the best way for C.J. Stroud to acclimate into the NFL game is with a good running game. That's the best chance because that's how this offense works the best. you got to be able to run the ball a little bit. All right, we got to catch up on breaks because we went a little long with Josh Pate. So about 3780-3776. We've also got a story here about a Buffalo Bills reporter that with a hot mic uh, that she regrets. We will do that on the other side. Right now, I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about Canstead and Dublin. I'm talking about your dipping habits. I'm talking about how ugly it is. I'm talking about how horrible it is. I'm, I'm talking about how dangerous it is. I'm talking about that nicotine and that tobacco day in and day out in between your cheek and gum and what it can do, how, rotting your gums, rotting your teeth, just awful, browning, gross. It's There's nothing. There's no positive about you dipping. There's zero positive, none, No no positive whatsoever. And there is a positive way to wean yourself or still enjoy it because it's hemp in a pouch made of hemp, but it also has CBD oil, which is, is, is good for you as opposed to the tobacco and the nicotine, which is bad for you. So if you're looking for a great way to change it up, you're still going to have that great flavor because you get all the different flavors that you could possibly want. Are you a dark fire guy? Are you a tobacco guy? Are you a citrus guy? Uh, it does. It, it, they've got berry, everything that you could want right now at 975dip.com. And you can also find it at select American uh, CBD American Shaman stores because they love it too because of the CBD. If you're looking for the best way to get out of that dip and into Canstead uh, and Dublin, 975dip.com. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. We control the spice. He who controls the spice controls the universe. 